It's the Lockdown Flyers podcast for Friday, November 17th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that has some questions about what's next for the Flyers blue line. We have questions. I don't know if we have answers. Though. We have them as we are set to face the Vegas Golden Knights and Columbus Blue Jackets this weekend. We'll talk about all of that on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, and thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. As a show, we are at Locked On Flyers on Twitter, Instagram, Threads, and Blue Sky as well. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. We are available for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So Russ, we've got a big uh, back-to-back this weekend coming up. And, you know, I think there's some interesting questions around the Flyers' blue line right now as we await the return of Rasmus Ristolainen and Mark Stahl, who are, in theory, close and could slot in uh, this weekend. Yeah, I, I mean, you start looking at things and you're like, well, the coach is talking about winning. He's talking about not knowing when certain guys are going to get in again. And now you've got two veterans on the cusp of coming back. doesn't look great for a lot of development on the blue line. Yeah, I think that's a, a big question there. And, you know, I think obviously the name that comes first to mind in that is Agar Zamula, right? Because yeah. uh, he did get sat during the third period of, the last game he made some mistakes I think overall he's been playing well Mm -hmm. um but you know he's had some issues and John Tortorella has pointed out those specific issues you know with missing reads and you know uh, just making mistakes on plays that lead to opportunities the other way you know point blank shots and it's not insignificant and I think you know he does have a lot to learn however you know, I don't think him coming out for a game here or there is a huge deal, but you still have to get him in regularly, right? You do. Otherwise, it's kind of pointless. I mean, I understand about the turnover, but he still was a plus player in the game. Uh, I mean, again, if the guy's not going to be able to make mistakes, uh, we talked about it. He knew Cam York was making mistakes, but he's like, well, he's playing on the top pairing, so it's okay. Like, it's like, you know, there's, there's this little bit of a – extra leeway that he gives for certain players. And I don't think Zamula is going to get that. Right. And Tortorella has said multiple times that it's okay for guys to make mistakes and he wants to know how they react to those mistakes. Now, if he thinks Zamula isn't reacting well to those mistakes and isn't learning from them, that's fair. I I just don't know that that's true first off. And I think that, you know, you need a little bit more time to make that determination, but Again, with the potential return of Risto and Stahl, like then where does Zamula fit? And for that matter, where do Risto and Stahl fit in just because 
you've seen Sean Walker take a tremendous step forward and have a pretty huge impact on the blue line here. Uh, Nick Steeler, we know, is a favorite of John Tortorella. You won't um, keep coming out of the lineup, Rachel. I, we just have to point that out. I don't see and, I know. Well, but Louis Belpedio has also made a, an impact while up yes, with the he Flyers. He will definitely come out of the lineup. Right. And, and so it's like, okay, what do you do at this point? You know, you know there's just too many players here for six spots in the lineup where you know that Torts likes certain guys and um, has been harder on other guys. Like, how does this come out in the wash in terms of your parents? It goes back to that beginning of the season where it's pretty much all veterans. You know, even Cam York at this point is a veteran, and the other guys will rotate in when the coach feels like it. That's it. Yeah, I I do think that Belpedio will get sent back down. I think despite... Yeah. How much they really like him and how well he's played. I think, you know, if something's got to give and it just does, the numbers are there, right? Yes. I think that he has to get sent back down at this point. So it's an interesting question with him and Zamula because Zamula has not gone through waivers this season and Belpedio has. And so because Belpedio has not, uh, been with the team for 30 days. He hasn't played in 10 games yet. He can just get sent back down without going through waivers because he already did that at the beginning of the season. But Zamula would have to go through waivers because he did not. And so you're, you're kind of stuck with, okay, does Zamula have to sit on the bench for an extended period of time uh, because you have potentially Risto and Stahlback? That's what they originally believed because they were afraid of losing him. So Yes, but there could be a point now where they say, you know, we kind of like Belpedio better, so now we're just going to let Zamula go through and whatever happens, happens. That could happen too. Yeah, I, I find it difficult to predict which option they're going to do. Yeah. And, I, you know, I do think Tortorella ultimately likes Zamula, and the way he talks about him is that he sees the potential there and he wants him to succeed. And I don't I don't think he's in a doghouse, per se. Like, we see how Tortorella talks about a guy when he's in a doghouse. And this yeah. is not it with Zamula. I think this is out of a genuine need for him to play better. But at the same time, again, like, it's a numbers game. So what's the decision there? I, I just think is going to be a really difficult one, especially if... If you add the layer on of the Flyers have just won three games in a row. Yeah. Like, how do you make changes at that point? I mean, I'm just getting back to the realization that, you know, come Saturday and Sunday, you know, there might be one developing player in the lineup and the rest will be veterans. Overall or just on the overall. blue line? No, overall. Yeah. I mean, we haven't even talked about Bobby Brink potentially getting back into the right. lineup. I mean, with Palin playing well, he probably won't. Um, maybe Cates comes out. But again, I don't think it's fair for Cates to come out because he's playing center and he's not a center. Like, he, that is not his number one position. His number one position is left wing and he doesn't get to play it. But the coach wants to put pressure on him to score. But he's not going to score if he's got to play a complete two way game and be a defensive center. Like, he's just not that guy. He's not Sean Couturier. It's not going to happen. So I don't think it's fair to, to ask him to do something he can't, but yet he's getting graded that way. So, 
maybe he comes out or, you know, and maybe, you know, that's a way for Brink to come in at least and at least have there be one guy that you're trying to develop there. But, you know, I don't know what game it's going to take until when they decide, okay, now we're going to really go full bore with this rebuild, but we're not at that point. And we, I, I fear we're not at that, that point for another month. Well, it's very frustrating because, again, they're winning, which is mm -hmm. wonderful. And I have a lot more fun when the Flyers are winning games than mm -hmm. when they are losing games. Um, but again, like looking at this big picture, you know, for Zamula on the blue line, like we've just been talking about, not to mention, you know, Jinning and Adder who are waiting in the wings and it's getting harder and harder to see the window for them to get an opportunity without injury knock on wood you know we don't want to see that um we've already had two injuries on the blue line yeah. here. you can't sit nick deloria and definitely can't sit hathaway that's not going to happen and i'm saying that seriously because you definitely could sit either one of them at any given time and improve your team but again he's got his guys that he's going to have in there that make him feel comfortable as a coach and that's gonna you know make it harder for some guys to get in the lineup yeah. And again, I see it because they're winning. So why change something that isn't broken right now? Well, they're winning and, these three in a row. It was broken before that. Like it's it's going through the ebbs and flows of it. Right. But we all know that in hockey, it's very superstitious. And, I you know. know, if you win, if you win three games in a row, you don't want to make changes. You just don't. But Again, I do see those changes happening on the blue line side of things. Like, got to put Risto back in there. I think Stahl goes in more intermittently, but it seems like Stahl might be closer to getting back than Risto. Uh, we'll see what happens in these two games coming up this weekend. But uh, in the meantime, we got to talk about these two matchups. We'll start with Vegas coming up next. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. They've got killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting excited for all the fun you'll have. My favorite part of the Game Time app is that it's great for getting notified about those last-minute tickets and flash deals. Plus, you can get that all-important view from their seats. They have deals right up to the start of the event and even up to an hour after it starts. It's the best place to find that last-minute seat. Also, the tickets are sent directly to your phone, so you never have to dig through your email. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem with the code Locked on NHL for $20 off last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Next week on the show, of course, we'll have our nemesis of the week on Monday. I can guess what it might be related to since we've got a game against the Rangers and two against the Islanders. Can't imagine what our nemesis is um, for that. Uh, that is true. Stranger things have happened. Uh, plus, we'll have a recap of our two weekend games on Monday. Uh, the first of which is on Saturday against the Vegas Golden Knights. And, you know, since we saw them last, Petrangelo and White Cloud are back in the lineup for them, which is a significant difference, I would say. 
Yeah, it's a significant difference. Um, Petrangelo is a beast. He's just uh, one of the best at his position, quietly does it. He's like just one of those guys that you forget is out there until he hits you or scores a point. But, yeah, he's he's definitely one of the best. You know, he's, he's a cup winner. Uh, yeah, he's, you know, he, he does everything you want him to do out there. Actually, they're, you know, their whole defense core is pretty well balanced. Yeah, it is. I think that that's one of the strongest elements of their team. And, you know, you look at that third pairing with Hutton and White Cloud and you're like, that could be like a second pairing on the Flyers. <laughs> so yeah. I think that uh, maybe even a top pairing in some situations. But um, I, I do think that, you know, it's going to be tougher for the Flyers to get those shots through that they've been emphasizing recently against this team with those two guys back in the lineup. Yeah. No, the shots, and that's true. That's going to make a difference. Getting shots through is going to be hard. These guys are not going to let them set up for long in front of the net. There'll be a fight with Colasar and somebody, probably yes. Delorier. Um, But, you know, they can do everything the Flyers can do and more. And that's that's the problem with this matchup. Yeah, uh, looking at the Vegas recent action, um, they did play the Habs last night. We recorded before the outcome of that game, but it looked like Aiden Hill was in net uh, for them last night based on what we knew at the time. I'm guessing it'll be Thompson for the Flyers because uh, Vegas plays the Pens the next day in a back-to-back, and it, I think they would put in Hill versus the Pens. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I think you're right about that, and looks like, now, again, we said this about Vegas has won three in a row against Philly lately, including the one in late October. Yeah, and of course, we know what happened in that game. The Flyers were playing them um, real well, and then just yes. like it fell apart late. Vegas got two goals in the third period, uh, one pretty late in the game, uh, which was soul-crushing. Yeah, And uh, there was just a real shot that the Flyers could have beat this team, uh, wound up losing three to two. Um, we did say similar things about the game, you know, against the Ducks uh, and yep. the Kings and the Flyers turned around and beat those two teams on the road. So not saying it's an impossibility here, but uh, I think that it is going to be a slightly bigger uphill battle for the Flyers than it was against the Ducks and the Kings. Well, Saturday afternoon is always an uphill battle anyhow. Yeah, that is definitely part of the you know equation this. here. Yeah. Uh, Vegas right now, prior to last night's game, 12-3-1, uh, and one, not too shabby. Um, but they did lose to the Caps, uh, and then they got shut out. Uh, they shut out the Sharks and then lost to the Kings and Ducks before that. So, you know, they've been a little uneven with their mm -hmm. results in the last several games. So it, it does mean that they are beatable right now. Um, and the Rangers are now at the top of the league, not Vegas anymore. True. I mean, there's a little open, definitely a little opening there. Then the Flyers stay hot. You know, there's a possibility they could win this one, but this is going to be really, really hard. That's all. Yeah, it's also interesting because the Vegas underlying numbers are not all that spectacular looking at the numbers in all situations, not just five on five. But Flyers high danger chances for percentage is higher than they have essentially this same scoring chance percentage and a fly the flyers have a much higher expected goals for percentage 
But when you look at the results and the difference in records, Vegas is scoring more and has a higher shooting percentage and better zone time stats. So that's where the differential comes in. Uh, Even though, you know, we've been talking about the Flyers have mostly been playing the right way. It's just like, where's the actual results and the finish for the Flyers, which has gotten better as they've changed strategy and lost some of the underlying numbers edge here. Yeah. It's clear as mud. No, yeah, I think, look, I think this is another game that could stay close for a while. I do. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that um, it is also interesting that the Flyers have been playing better on the road than at home this season. Yeah. So far, uh, which is, I I think, not something I would have expected with this team. No, it is. I agree with that. So I think it'll take a little bit of an extra effort to play up to that level that Vegas will show in an afternoon game at home. It just feels like all of the superstitious things about the Flyers. It's all like stacked up against them in this one. But if they go down down two nothing early in the first, you'll have an idea that that's the case. Yeah. So like, what can the Flyers do differently this time around, especially when it comes to holding a potential lead late in the game against this Vegas team? They could hold on to the puck more. They still could try and get to the net because they might get an ugly goal or two. They've got to do better with zone entries. Uh, they've got to be able to hold on to a lead. They still have trouble holding on to a lead. Now, granted, last game they only gave up one lead, but against Vegas last time they gave up two, and that really opened the door. And to be honest, they've not really been able to clamp down on leads very often. Right. And then, of course, we look at that Vegas top line with Eichel and Marcheseau and Barbashev, which they're pretty tough to stop. So I think like the Flyers are going to have to tighten up a little bit defensively and take a a little bit fewer of those chances to try and turn the rush around the other, other way quickly. Because as we know, like the Flyers have had a much better time when they can get a shot off real quick as opposed to you know trying to get set up in the offensive zone where I think they run into a little bit more trouble. Yeah, I mean, Sandheim Walker could play a ton of minutes if Risto and Stahl aren't in there. Now, if they are in there, the minutes should be dealt out a lot better. Will they be? I don't know. Well, and that's the other question, too. With guys coming back from injury, you kind of want to limit their minutes a little bit. Right. Um, but you're in a. But he doesn't do that. John doesn't necessarily do that. Like if they're back, a lot of times he just plays them how he's going to play them. Yeah. But I think even getting, you know, a minute or two down mm-hmm. on Sandheim's time and on Walker's time. Yeah. Sandheim shouldn't play 28 no matter what. Unless it's an overtime no. game, uh, he shouldn't be playing 28. So I'm with you there. Really should never go like, over 25, to be honest. Right, so they if they could get him down to at least 24 in this game, which is still a lot, I just feel like, um, especially knowing that there's a second game in the in the back-to-back on Sunday, which they have to have some fresh legs for. Now, if they get a second defenseman back, like, uh, in that game, then they'll have some fresh legs, and yes. it won't be as big a deal if they kind of overplay somebody on Saturday if they take them out of the lineup on Sunday or vice versa, right? Yeah, I'm with you on that. 
So we shall see what happens with that one. Uh, we talked about this with our nemesis of the week that I thought this back-to-back -back fr from a scheduling perspective is really weird, having the early afternoon game on Saturday, the late afternoon, early evening game on Sunday. But I think it's even weirder for Columbus, and we are going to talk about Columbus coming up next. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe. Now, Locked On, your team every day. So, Russ, uh, talking about Columbus, uh, they have also a back-to-back -back on Saturday and Sunday, except theirs is a late game on Saturday. So they're playing at 7 p.m. and then 5.30 p.m. the next day. So That's less a than 24 better. hours between yeah, it's not, starts. It's not terrible. We've seen worse. So that's that's not too, too bad. Yeah. Uh, and as of recording, Columbus is at the bottom of the Metro. They are 4, 8, and 4. But they will have played two games. Uh, since then, before we see them, they faced the Yotes last night. We don't know the results of that game. And the Caps are their opponent in the first of their back-to-back -back on Saturday. So they will be coming off a three, they're like three games in four days situation. And this will be the last. Uh, so I, I'm thinking that this is a game the Flyers should, in theory, have slightly fresher legs and be able to take advantage of that. Yeah, I would think so. I think that there's there's something to be said about the fresh legs. Uh, you know, I'm not that worried about guys like Chinnikov. Uh, Line A coming back could have a little extra yeah. juice. Fantilli certainly. Marchenko's on fire. Like Marchenko, yeah, he's really played some great hockey. Where you know, here here's the the thing laying in the weeds. You got Johnny Goudreau coming in with people saying he's not having a good year. Blah blah blah. And now he's coming home. Uh, that could be an issue. Yeah, I think that is, you know, a huge cloud hanging over his head right now. Um, I'm sure there's a lot really of really go full guns against the Flyers at home. Right. In front of the home crowd, you know, in front of his parents and all that. Well, that is something that is to be expected and par yeah. for the course when it comes to Johnny Goudreau. That is for sure. But yeah, Columbus has struggled a lot. They recently lost to the Pens, the Rangers, the Red Wings, Stars, and Panthers prior to last night's game that we don't know the outcome of. Their last win was on November 2nd versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, that's, that is a long time to go without a win. It is. By the way, Goudreau has six goals and 16 assists uh, in 18 games against the Flyers. Lovely. You love to see that. It's a little Crosby-like, don't you think? Yeah, a lot Crosby-like. Uh, yeah. But there isn't like the local kid aspect to the Crosby situation, no. at least. No. But yeah, I, like Columbus has just been so up and down and all over the place this season that like, I'm, I'm not sure what is going on there. Exactly. Yeah, I'm worried about the coaching. I thought that they probably made a good hire, but, you know, maybe... After everything fell through with Babcock, uh, 
maybe players just were left feeling kind of empty. Um, Yurichek has been up and down. I understand he's going to play for this. Okay, I mean, he's not doing horribly, but if he's just not off to a good start, it's fine. He's a young player, um, only 19. Kent Johnson is more than a point a game in the minors. He can't even sniff a spot right now, which makes no sense. I mean, it's not yeah, like that is a, a big question mark for me. Why Kent Johnson isn't up, especially if they're having issues, unless the, the only explanation I can come up with is they don't want to expose him to whatever drama is happening behind the scenes. Maybe. I guess there's always a chance of that because when you look at, you know, the offensive numbers of the players on the team, like Sean Corrali has five goals and he's one of their top goal scorers. Like Sean Corrali, like we all know Sean Corrali. So, you know, that's an oddity too. Yeah. And I also worry about Fantilli in this circumstance too, because like the fact that he's playing at the NHL level with kind of skipping a step, I would say, not that he isn't skilled or talented enough to do it, but I think that in a situation where a Columbus team that was supposed to be taking a step forward this year, it's a a slightly different environment that I think he was expecting going into it in terms of the results. And that differs from a Bedard situation where everybody kind of knew and, and like the playing field was set for what Chicago was going to be this year. And so there was a way to fit Bedard into that game plan from jump, but this is a different situation in Columbus here. Yeah, this is Columbus is kind of acting like Colorado the year Patrick Wild got yanked kind of early and you know Bednar went in there team was kind of in disarray he eventually won a cup I'm not saying Columbus is going to win a cup cup down the road but they seem like they're in disarray because of everything that happened yeah I think that's like the big part of it for me is that if I'm looking at it from the Columbus perspective I worry about my prospect development on their end let alone what's going on with the Flyers prospect development right now i think you know both teams are are having that issue if for completely different reasons in completely different ways nope that's fair i mean i yeah this is a winnable game and if vegas doesn't take too much steam out of them i think a split is what you're hoping for here yeah uh, i think so and you know especially even if you can get to overtime you know at worst with vegas and then maybe get a win out of the game in Columbus. I think that would be a fantastic weekend yeah, sure. for the Flyers overall. I think that, you know, just continuing to find success where you can find it is the the key here in a back-to-back like this, where you're facing two completely opposite teams. You have a different game plan going into each of them. You have to make significant adjustments. You might have guys coming back into the lineup that you haven't played with in a little bit and so you just want to make sure that the cylinders that have been firing to find success keep doing that while you can integrate these new guys or new old guys back into the lineup and keep that consistency with the scoring and the shooting that you've been trying to do over the past week or so yeah yeah i i think that the new method is what they have to do against vegas and go with that that doesn't work, they go back to the old method against Columbus and probably still win. Yep, I think so too. I think that they, they just I know. I know. 
I know, but uh, you know, you got to go with what works. And as long as it works, I am a happy camper. Uh, that will do it for today's episode. And for the week, we will be back on Monday to recap this back to back, plus have our nemesis of the week. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So if you've got mailbag questions, get them in via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail or comment over on our YouTube channel. I am Rachel. I'm on the app formerly known as Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great weekend, everyone.